This episode's brought to you by the following patrons. Jeff, Odem Bones, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matt, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristan, Kate, Sasha, Isaac, Ori, Karoon, Eddie, Nick B, and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you to know that you're loved and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us all on the daily, join the Facebook group. Actually, uh, did you guys see recently that they did the... Chris selfie challenge because he's known for like putting his leg up on the counter and taking a picture in the mirror and like we had a few hundred people take that same pose picture it was insane it was crazy yeah. I tried to do it but my legs are too short and I cannot get them up on my counter <laughs> I did it because I'm bendy mm. I got one with me and my girlfriend and one of my dogs in it it was a very well received mm. why couldn't you get your six cats in it <laughs> well there are five cats and two dogs and I only picked my favorite your own your favorite 17 <laughs> cats got it yeah got it so guys if you want to be in on all that fun join the Facebook group yay I heard we were going to have a guest on this episode, but I just told him to stay home and microwave his dinner. <laughs> we'll come back for you in a week. I would have really liked if instead of him being a psychic, it was just the Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium with her clicky <laughs> fake nails. She's just like, I'm getting something. I see a child alone for over a week without a parent to guide him. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And joining us this week, we have Chris Damaris from the Good Morning from Hell and Black Box Down podcasts. Yay! So thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Yeah, I'm excited. I watched a scary movie, which I don't yes. do often. Yep. <laughs> I would love to be able to say that I don't either. Because that used to be my life until we started this podcast, and now I watch at least one a week, and I hate it. Yeah. Well, at least your at least your torture is pleasurable to others. <laughs> but today, I think we did Paige. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we did Ringo because Chris, you wanted to do Ringo, right? We did Ringo because I was on Good Morning from Hell. As That's the what it was. Ring. Yeah. yeah. In the Good Morning for Hell podcast, it takes place in hell and I'm dead and we interview a different guest every week from yeah. someone in hell. And yeah, so we had uh, we have a lot of horror people come on and dead historical figures. And we had uh, the little girl from The Ring kind of come on and talk about how she was uh, adapting to life in the modern age where, you know, VHSs aren't as common. And I lived in a well. Yeah, yeah she still lived in the well. Yeah. I mean, if it feels like home, Paige, it feels like home. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was paying sense. rent by the coins that yeah. people threw in the well. <laughs> I love it. That actually no. makes a lot of sense. So have you guys seen Ringu before? Or was this your first time with it? I had not. I, I'd only seen the American version. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm torn on how I feel about it because there is a part of me that really, really appreciates the restraint in the Japanese version. And I feel like American versions of other cultures, movies, we often show much more than other cultures do and I, I sometimes i'm really here for a slow movie that kind of lets you just sit in dread and infer things sure yeah so i did really enjoy ringu um i do think the scariest part of it is the last 12 minutes yeah i, I think you you don't get as many jump scares as you do in the american version but i do really like it as a film was it your first time with it chris or mikey well, which one do you want us to go first? Well, let's, let's, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we go at the exact same time? Yeah, yeah Chris. Right, one, two, three. No. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> I messed it up. I, I'd seen the ring, but not uh, the Japanese Ringu. And it'd been a while since I'd seen the ring. And so a lot of a lot of the movie I was like trying to remember is like, did this happen yeah. the same way? I love the premise of the ring. I think it's a genius concept. Yeah. Personally, I, I like the American version more. I thought it the American version was was like scarier. I mean, they had a bigger budget too. So right. like yeah. Oh yes. Absolutely. So bigger, bigger budget. But also, well, one, I thought the story was cleaner. Like as far as like the backstory of, of uh-huh. Samara and um her mom and stuff, that that was just cleaner. And then also, I don't know if it I felt like the protagonist the was a lot stronger in the American version. She was like more proactive and she did come across as more badass to me in the American version. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I liked about the American version a lot. I didn't dislike the one in the Japanese version in Ringu, but it did not feel like the woman in the ring, the, the American version, who, forgive me. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Yeah. Thank you, Mikey. Yeah. It did not feel like she needed rescuing like in Ringu. It felt like she yeah. needed rescuing right. in Ringu. But is that sort of what you're getting at? Yeah. Like, I feel like she was the lead and she was in the American version. Uh, she was the one like making, like pushing the narrative versus in Ringu. Like at, once the ex-husband was introduced, he was almost the one like pushing the narrative and she was more reactionary. Yeah. There's also like 100% less women getting slapped in the American version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. So like that is that is always like a plus. I mean, you know, I was going to say call me old fashioned, but I think that'd be the opposite. It's like call me new fashioned. <laughs> it was my first time seeing the Japanese version. It was my first time. That's cool. I was going at it like it was like the original grudge where I was like, oh my God, is this going to be like 20 times scarier than oh, the American Juan version? Is- scary as shit we should do ju on at some point so i was like sat here and i was like it's just trying to it's just trying to ease me into like letting my guard down but no it wasn't as scary a lot of the same points as chris i think the american version is scarier and kind of cleaner i like the protagonist more and the guy the main guy in this one the guy from last samurai super nonchalant about this whole story yeah yeah that was him i was like i recognize this guy he was so like nonchalant about this whole thing. Like, oh, girl in a well, we'll just go get her up. Oh, like her mom had sex with a demon and now she was born and now she can like kill people with her mind. Yeah, it's a normal Thursday. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I was like, this guy is super chill. Well, he also, at a certain point in this movie, is just like, so we're going to get to this well and I'm going to hand this 98 pound Japanese woman buckets to dump out for hours. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And then gets yeah. mad at her when she can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard because I was like, he's like, okay, now take it up. I was like, his job is just to put the water in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and he's getting mad at her for like, yeah. like getting being tired. It's like, dude, you're you're just like you don't even have to stand. You have you don't have to carry your own body weight. Yeah, you're in water. You're like floating. <laughs> she also legit. That woman has not slept in days. The fact that she's walking is astonishing. <laughs> okay. Also, here's the main my main grievance with the whole film. In the American version, they use CGI to twig. Tweet the what is that word? It's not twick. <laughs> it's tweak. Tweak the faces of yes. the victims to look grotesquely unhuman. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do it in the Japanese version, so they look like people yelling out like they said the secret word on Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Except they do the photo negative of that person, but yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like if they freeze frame people in Pee Wee's Playhouse saying the secret word, that's how they die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say the Polaroid she has with the disfigured face was yes. very scary. Yes, yeah. that was scary. good. That, yeah, that's a good one. But oh, and I think this is kind of a, just a difference between 
Asian horror films and American horror films where American horror films want to show you everything. They don't want your imagination to do the work. They want to show it all to you. Yeah. And so I think it creates a different film experience where I feel like I wasn't constantly waiting for someone something to jump out at me, but I was more deeply unsettled by the unnerving images I was seeing. Isn't this one like this is before Grudge, right? This is Ringu was before Grudge. I don't know. I feel like this is like the the start of like the Renaissance late nineties, yeah, like Japanese horror. So it's start it's starting very low key. And then, like, they just ramp it up from here on out. This is four years before Juon. Yeah. And I I didn't have to watch this in film school. I did have to watch Juon in film school. And, whoo, that was not a good day. That was a rough day. <laughs> yeah. They they show a lot in that as, as well. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, I was scared shitless watching that movie. I remember in middle school hearing that the Japanese version was scarier. And so yeah. that's why I didn't watch it. But, yeah, it just, yeah, it just didn't. Wasn't scary. I feel the same way. This is the first time I had seen the Japanese version. We watched the original version for the show like August 2018, and I have not seen nor thought about it since then. It was like episode 11 on the podcast. Like, I'm the only host on the show that was around back then. Um, (laughs) I'm the only one that survived, guys. But I do agree. I think that version is much scarier. But I'll say this because of that, I was expecting this to be scarier, and I felt like throughout the whole thing, it was like lulling me into this false sense of security yeah so to Uh combat that i was like on edge like oh my god it's gonna pop out anywhere at any time and it just didn't but Paige, you're right i think the same of the original the ring the last little section is the scariest yeah when they think they resolved it but no they didn't that's the scariest part of both movies this one was scary but the ring was scarier Yeah, well, and I also wondered, too, I mean, obviously budgeting is going to be a factor. Yeah. They blow their special effects load in the last 12 (laughs) minutes of this movie. Yeah, they do. And I feel like if we had seen that last 12 minutes halfway through this movie or, you know, two thirds of the way through this movie way scarier Mm. because then you're just like, holy shit, that's what happens. Oh, no, because for the bulk of this movie, you do not know what happens if you don't essentially resolve the curse in the seven days that's until true. the very, very end. Yeah, we honestly have no idea. We just know people die, but that's that's it. In the American version, is the backstory that she was like a telekinesis child too? Yes. Peek behind the curtain. I'd only seen the first one. And when I was gonna do Good Morning from Hell, I went and researched what happened in all the others. I was like, I only know the first one. So there's multiple books. There's like six books bunch of movies wow okay and only two american movies i think and in the american movies it kind of tries to cram a bunch of what's in the japanese movies like into one so yes she she has the ability to project horrifying images either into people's brains so that they die of fear uh, which Mm -hmm. is why everyone dies of heart attacks or to project it onto film so like she can alter photos that makes sense and videos so like things that can capture images but only on film only on film so like since the digital revolution she's fucked she like can't yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's awesome could she make my nudes look better no (laughs) it would make your face look all swirly but that was the basis of the good morning from hell episode yes she's like i'm out of a job what do i do (laughs) that's great yes she is uh she is telekinetic in both the american and the japanese versions in the american version only 
she's psychic. Like, I don't think her mom is. Right, yes. And she drives her parents crazy. crazy. In the Japanese version, it's like she was, her mom was psychic, and then her daughter was even more psychic and also, like, more violent and evil, and maybe her dad wasn't human, maybe? I don't know. That's just, like, a line of dialogue no one ever confirms. It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, maybe she fucked a demon. Who knows? <laughs> like, oh, okay. I will say this. This is one thing I thought was a good, like, made it more unsettling and creepier plot wise was fact that in the American version, the mom kills her daughter. Yeah. Right. In, in the Japanese version, it's like unclear who her dad was. Maybe it was, she was killed by her own dad. Maybe not. But like the mom killing her daughter, she like strangled her in a plastic bag in the American version. In the Ringu, like, the dude hits her with a stock sound effect, like donk. <laughs> like, I have that in my oh, notes yeah. too. I was like, oh. I have, yeah. I have this punch Bonk. sound effect on a yeah. CD from film school. It's almost like the Wilhelm <laughs> scream. It's like in every movie. <laughs> if, if, if she had screamed, ah, yeah. she fell down the well. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing, yeah. Then they mixed it so high, too. It, like, didn't blend at all. No, it's way too loud in the mix. You Like, you know it's bad when Good Morning From Hell has better sound effects than this movie. <laughs> that people spent a lot of money on. <laughs> well, this is also, like, 25 years later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was the only thing that stuck out. All the other sound design was fine. There was no, yeah. like... Like cartoony, like, you know, like when they fall or something. It wasn't like. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I honestly, for a hot second, because I was watching it on Shudder and I was like, did somebody put this in after the fact? Like, is this yeah. a goof? Is this yeah. a joke? <laughs> so I went digging for that in fun facts and no. That's in the movie. <laughs> like that. That is the real well, sound effect. See. He bought that Billy Cub from Acme Billy Clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe we should just get into the movie because there's a lot to talk about we open on the credits which appear over water that's going to give us some clues for later also i i thought it was really interesting we all refer to it as ringu that's what it's technically filed under like if you look it up on like imdb and stuff but the credits all just say ring so i think they just automatically translate it to ring and then that's how people refer to it as well. It makes it very confusing to find out which one you should be watching on Shutter. But I literally had to send a screenshot and like, which one of these do I watch? And you guys had yeah. to tell me. Yeah. Yep. We cut to an upstairs bedroom of a teenage girl and she and her friend are talking about a rumor they heard at school about a primary school boy who was on holiday and didn't want to miss a TV show. So he taped it, but it was the wrong channel. The TV should have been blank or the tape should have been blank which is a very old sentence where I was like, oh, that's right. It would just, <laughs> you used to have to like tape stuff at the right time. And if it wasn't airing, <laughs> the tape would be blank. But instead he gets this tape of a woman and a bunch of other weird things. And then a phone call that says he will die in a week. And then he died a week later. This is a feature that I think is really interesting about the Japanese movie versus the American movie. We don't ever hear those phone calls. We see the phone ring. We hear it ring. We hear them pick it up. We don't hear anything on the other side. Yeah. We just see them reacting to it. And that was one of the creepiest parts, though, the American version was like seven days. Yeah, yeah it was creepy. Because I would be like five days, seven days. Like, what, <laughs> what are we talking about? What yeah. time, though? Like, I've got a thing. I can't miss it. So one of the girls gets kind of upset. Yeah. Uh, and we find out later that this is Tomoko. And she asks, who told you that? And she says, well, like, everybody at school is talking about it. And she was just like, who's everyone? And she was just like, I don't know, everybody. And then she reveals that she had a very similar experience where she saw a strange video 
And then they got a phone call and they are now a little suspicious that they might be encountering what this story is describing. Uh, they thought it was a prank call, but it would be seven days today. Yeah, it's ring ring. And then it's uh, can we can we talk to you about your car's warranty? <laughs> 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 like, damn, they're finding me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this, movie, this movie does not work in modern times. because I would be like, no. No, thank you. <laughs> no one would answer the phone. You, you would have to get a text that says seven days. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, I don't think it matters if you answer the phone. I think you still only have seven days. The phone call is literally just a courtesy. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, you yeah. leave a voicemail? <laughs> just want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh... <laughs> You can call me back at any time, but also seven days. Yes, or you can reach me at 666. <laughs> That's it. Our country code is 666. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And at first she kind of acts like she's joking, but then the phone rings and she is visibly scared. Yeah. And she looks at the clock on the wall. And so at this point we realize, yes, this did happen to her and she is worried and she is legitimately scared. So they run downstairs into the kitchen where one of them answers the phone and it turns out that it's just Tomoko's mom. Yeah, because the baseball game that she was at went to extra innings. She's going to be home later than expected or whatever. Yeah. Right. And so they hang up the phone. Everything seems okay. Uh, Tomoko's friend goes to the bathroom and says, don't go upstairs without me because it's dark and I think they're afraid in the house. Yeah. And so Tomoko gets a glass and she's pouring herself a drink when the TV turns on by itself. And it is the baseball game. Or is it? Or is it? Uh, she turns it <laughs> off. And goes back to the kitchen, but then we hear the crackling of static from the TV in the next room. And she turns and her face freezes in fear. That's the end of the scene. Now. Yeah. Well, we also get a photo negative telling us that she died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or she said the word of the day, the secret word. I wish there were some more <laughs> elements to this death. I feel like we we get a little shortchanged. Now, we do get a little bit of a jump scare about this later that I'll, I'll touch on when we get to it. That is, I think, very effective. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It's one of the few cases where I was like, oh, the American remake actually like really improved upon this original film. But I think some of that is budget because they just had more they could do. Yeah. One yeah. thing I did like about the American version is there was another like fake out thing where she was like, ha ha, very funny. Where's the remote? And then looks and sees that the remote is there, which is just, again, another one of those like, no, this is a joke, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, oh, shit, it's not. Yep. So we cut to the very next day. A film crew, like a news crew, is in a cafe talking to teens about the story. And all of the teens seem to tie the story back to this particular place in Japan called Izu, the Izu Peninsula. And none of them can really trace where they heard the story. It's all like so-and-so's friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah, it's like an urban legend thing. Like, you, yeah. you never hear it firsthand. It's like fourth or fifth hand. Right. So the reporter and her cameraman return to their office, and the cameraman's talking to her, and he says, well, yeah, like 10 years ago, a pop star killed herself, and then people saw her ghost on TV. Like, this is just an urban legend. And she doesn't dismiss it as quickly. She's like, a lot of people mention this specific place and these stories always kind of happen around tragic deaths, so maybe we should find the first tragic death. Like, who died yeah. to make this a thing? And she remembers that one of the girls mentioned that a girl from her school had allegedly seen it and died, and it was in the newspaper. Yeah. 
So as she's going to leave the office, she pulls that newspaper out and reads about the young couple found dead in the car, but it doesn't list out what school they went to. So she asks the cameraman to look into it. Yeah, he's going to like do the research for him. It's kind of like being like, I want to find the first mom that died when you stepped on a crack. Like, who's the first right. mom that broke her back <laughs> when you step on a crack? Like, yeah. let's go back and trace where that, that rhyme came from. Who's the first person that went blind from masturbating? Who yeah. is it? Where <laughs> yeah. did we like, find them? Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nope, no, wait, there's a pun there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't quite understand what the pop star thing was about. Like, a pop star just killed themselves. So, like, for, like, half of the movie, I thought Sadako was going to be, like, a former pop star. I think <laughs> I think that was their version of like Jesus in toast, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where where it's like, yeah, people are pretty sure that they saw the ghost of Mr. T and he's still alive. Like it's it's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Can't prove that didn't happen. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows Mr. T can astrally project, like duh. Uh. Oh, obviously. That's why he's got all the chains. <laughs> The chains weigh him down and keep him in this yeah. world. Yeah, I get exactly. It. it makes sense to me. So he doesn't shoot up into other dimensions. Yeah. Out through the dome. You know, uh, so the reporter goes home to her son and her son's already dressed up. She gets dressed up. Now, I do want to address this kid is left at home for insane amounts of time for his age. I don't know, man. They established that he's five. He's like in his yeah. first year he's of school. He's five? Yes, he's five. Yeah, he's five years old. They're like, I'll be back in like four hours. Just like microwave your mac and cheese or whatever. And I was like, he seems young. Also, in this scene, he'd laid out her clothes for her. I'm like, so you're just never home. <laughs> he looked like four, but yeah. I don't know kids. But like, I was like, this, this, is, this kid <laughs> is kids. way too young to be like cooking his dinner. Yeah, yeah I don't think I he... Like, he can't reach the counter. It doesn't like she had yeah. to put that dinner on the floor. I hope his vertical leap is good enough to get to the microwave. Because, like, <laughs> there's no way that kid is surviving. Okay, so this is one of the weirdest things about Japan for me when I went there. Like, you would see kids his age just on the subway by themselves. Which felt very weird to me. But, like, I don't think it's weird to leave kids alone there. at that age. And they are pretty self-sufficient. Like, no one was messing with them. They were just by themselves, chilling out, going to school or whatever. I don't even like to leave my dog alone like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's culturally different. I do not know why. I have no idea why, but... There might also be a lot less, like, child abductions in Japan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's also a different time period, you know? Like, yeah. the news of that stuff. Like, I feel like now everyone is, like, like Halloween candy with a razor blade type thing. People yeah. were terrified of having their kids go trick-or-treating, but that wasn't even a real thing. Yeah, you know? that was right. a right. manufactured story, right? When we were there, we thought, it, like, our theory on it was because you're never not on closed-circuit yeah. TV. So, like, we just assumed that it was like that because there's no way you could get away with kidnapping anybody or mm. hurting anybody or stealing or robbing or anything. But I don't know if it was like that in the 90s. I doubt it was. I was less concerned with him walking to school than I was for her leaving him alone in the apartment with <laughs> no groceries or anything like that. <laughs> she leaves him for a week and he just survives somehow? At one point, they talk about him staying with the grandfather and I was oh, like, oh, okay. good, because I'm pretty sure that was not the case for most of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I do think that they shouldn't have left him at home with like the tape that could kill him. Yes! <laughs> she does. It's a miracle he doesn't watch it earlier in the film. 
Right? She is a very neglectful mother. Not nearly as neglectful as his father, who doesn't even refer to him as his own child. No. For the whole movie, he's just like, your son. And I'm like, it's clearly their son. Wait, who's his father? The guy, the, the professor. The nonchalant guy? Yeah, I mean, he's her ex-husband, yeah. I guess. So it might not be his Maybe his she son. cheated on him, and that's why they got divorced. That's... He says at one point, we never should have had a baby. Which yeah, means he did. Yeah. Son. God, yeah. you're right. It's in his son oh my the whole gosh. time. Yeah, I, once I realized that he was the father, like for sure, I was just like. That's on brand. He's just as nonchalant about that as he is as the woman, the girl killing people. And his yeah. psychic abilities, where he's just like, I kind of got this thing. I can like read minds. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I can tell you think it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> <It's not> a <laughs> big deal. <laughs> anyway, they're getting dressed for a funeral, and it's for Tomoko, the girl at the beginning. And he asks her, do kids die too? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, sometimes they get sick, but. Let's not talk about this at the funeral because no one knows why Tomoko died. Right. She had a heart attack. Nobody knows what happened. And also, do you just not lie to a kid at that point? You don't want to be like, yeah, loads of kids die all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you probably won't, though. So like, don't think about it. But yeah, all yeah. the time kids die. You ever heard of Make-A-Wish? Fun fact, <laughs> anyone can die yeah. at any time. Anywhere. Especially if they're left alone. Yeah. Unsupervised. <laughs> See you in a week. <laughs> uh, hope you can find your way to your granddad's. <laughs> uh, we cut to the funeral, and this is the first time we meet the grandfather, and she kind of leaves the kid, uh, Yuichi, with the grandfather. Yeah. And she goes to talk to one of the other relatives and finds out that the funeral is closed coffin. And I didn't think about it as much at the time, but once they establish that people die and their faces are like fixed like that, I'm like, that'd be a fun open coffin, though. <laughs> like, yes, like yeah. hilarious. Uh, or the funeral guy who like does the make was like, yeah. just pull it down, it's and it like, just keeps bouncing back up to like. <laughs> like now, just no. Uh, should we try taping it? I don't know what. Uh... I just kept picturing a funeral where they just open the casket, and she's just like. <laughs> I love how no one can see what you're doing right now, but it's hilarious. They know. Okay, I'll explain it. I'll explain it. It's like it's like if the girl from the ring walks up to you and she's taking pictures of you, and then she says, "Let's do a silly one," then you die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I want my open coffin to look like. I would be like, "Yeah." Oh. Unless I die like that, I want to be cremated. If I have a funny face, I want it. Yeah. To, I want it to stick. I want to be show. I want to show everyone. They really captured uh, his likeness. He looks just silly as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to be cremated so they make sure I'm dead. It's a weird fear that I have. Don't worry. I want to be it. cremated and like baked into a lasagna that's served at the memorial, and then no one is told until during while they're talking yeah. about it. Remind me to <laughs> never go to your funeral. Yeah, and and then I can be like. Now I'm a part of you. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll be with you forever. Yeah. Or at least for the next six hours or so until you pass this lasagna. <laughs> when do you yeah. think you're going to be able to say that? In the tape I've already recorded. Oh, There's okay. a whole package of it. If I die, Todd, you have to set this up. So you're going to go out like Renum from Renum Industries? Yeah. Right, cool. No one's going to get that joke, but I like it. I got it. And <laughs> Thank that's fine. You. I'm never going to die. Just to close the loop on that. But if you do make a silly face, I mean, I don't think I'll have a choice. I was born with one. <laughs> My grandma lived to be 90 and there are days when I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. How about like 75? Let's go with that. 
You're going to say that till you're 70. And you'll be like, I probably want more than five more years. <laughs> 70, I'm going to be like, I'm going to start smoking now. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who's got my crack? Sorry. Yeah. Where's, I mean, what do you got to lose? You're going to ruin your life when you're 70? Yeah. I'm going to start doing heroin and shit. She just threw her whole life away. Well, that wasn't the whole life. It really is like the last couple of years. Like, oh, maybe. Yeah. I'm going to be at Paige's funeral and be like, what happened to her? And they'll be like, yeah, she flipped her convertible on the interstate. It was crazy. <laughs> she was just racing some teenager kid. I mean, Yes. On the PCB? <laughs> no, Mikey. Anyway, yeah. So her son goes upstairs in the house where the funeral is. Yeah. And walks into one of the bedrooms. It is Tomoko's room. He looks at the TV there. And before he can do anything, his mom finds him, the reporter, Azakawa. And she takes him downstairs. Her phone rings. And she basically tells him to go on and find his grandfather. She takes the phone call and finds out the high school of the kids that died in a car and goes outside to find that there's a banner on this funeral for that same school. So it is her niece's school. So essentially, she knows that the teens that died in the car knew her niece and they all saw the film together. Yeah. So uh, she also finds out at this point from the teenage girls out front who are all crying over Tomoko, that the girl that was with her that night went crazy and is at the hospital, but she won't go anywhere with TVs. And I'm like, hospitals have fuck tons of TVs. But Yeah, they're all over the place. They have monitors. They're all TVs. Like, yeah, your yeah. EKG comes out on a TV. You're screwed. <laughs> I was a little disappointed that they didn't go see her. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're like, well, we'll respect her privacy. That's that's not an American thing. <laughs> they did that in the in the American version, and they did it in the sequel in the Japanese version. Uh, oh. I bet the sequel of this movie is really scary in the, Jap the Japanese sequel. I kind of want to watch it now. I mean, it's also on Shutter if you want to watch it. I do not want to watch it. All right. Well, then right. next. I mean, week, we probably will. It's Ringu <laughs> Two, Electric Ringaloo. <laughs> so uh, we cut to she is at work looking at uh, what looked like um news footage i mean she works at the news station so it probably yeah. is news footage yeah yeah that makes sense. <laughs> they just call it footage yeah <laughs> they call it work <laughs> it's the paramedics recovering the bodies from the car yeah and this is the first place where we see somebody with a face frozen in fear and it is unnerving but is also it? still pretty funny <laughs> still yeah. pretty hilarious the corpse was like upside down too so it was falling backwards so and it's like, whoa, wow, that's amazing. How could it look like that? It's like, well, it's like falling out of the car. Yeah, it could just be like gravity, bro. Like, calm yeah. down. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Oh, and then they were like, they were fooling around in the car and they both had heart attacks. And I was like, Oof. is that their O faces? They were coming yeah. and going, it's Mikey. Just vinegar strokes is what we're seeing. It's just like, as I was watching it, I was like, there would be so many ways to do a hilarious spoof of this movie and we are 20 years too late. But I would have had them pulling them out of the car and they're still kind of like groping each other but they have those faces they <laughs> <laughs> can bury them in an extra wide coffin his hand forever <laughs> gripping her tit <laughs> it's like those those cops would be like uh yeah his uh his face is as frozen hard as his erection <laughs> there's not a lot of good jokes in this movie i'm just gonna let you guys know up front <laughs> i don't know i feel like we found a lot of humor in the kids that died fucking so i think we're in a good spot you know yeah. but if really if you can't laugh at that what can you laugh at damn right chris if you can't laugh knowing that parents forever in that town are going to talk about how premarital sex leads to death. <laughs> what can you laugh about? 
that is what it's gonna be too yes like, 100 percent. she i mean she put out and look what happened yes yeah, put, wow. put her right out of her life that's what happened <laughs> do you guys want to hear a funny dating story from this week it concerns me that you asked that question right after we're talking about someone having <laughs> sex to death but yeah maybe we should have maybe we should hear the story mikey let me tell you about my life <laughs> Having sex to death is not a part of it right now. <laughs> well, I mean, that that isn't that just dating in COVID? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, just to lighten the mood, I will tell you that I matched with someone on a dating app and we were talking. Oh. And then she was like, do you not remember taking me out a couple years ago? <laughs> oh, Mikey. Yes. I love where this is. Go. And she was like, you took me to Jonathan's. We had drinks. You walked me to our car. We kissed. And you never called me. <laughs> Oh my God, Mikey! Did you say I was stuck in a well? <laughs> I was like, I've been in a coma since then. <laughs> <laughs> you reap what you sow. I didn't remember. I didn't remember. I still don't remember. I was like, I don't remember. I apologized, and I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound like me. It definitely did. It definitely sounded like me. <laughs> I was me. like, Mikey, it sounds like you. Let's be honest. That's a classic Mikey move. Are you going to take her out again? I suggest Jonathan's. It's a great place. We'll do it in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, next scene. Uh... Maybe that's why he never acknowledges that it's their kid. Because he doesn't remember it. He doesn't. He's like, were we married? I don't know. I remember this old sea demon story. Yeah. But I don't remember us being married at all. Oh, man. He's also clearly having sex with one of his students, so. Well, that's a lot more clear in the American version. It's pretty damn clear in this one, too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Asakawa, the reporter, pulls up to Tomoko's mom's house, who is her sister, her older sister, I believe. Yeah. Um, and her older sister is basically just sitting at the table in the kitchen while Asakawa just kind of walks around the house for clues. <laughs> uh, and she finds a receipt on Tomoko's desk for a Photoshop in Izu. And as she's looking at it, her sister comes in and just says, I found her dead in here, which is unusual because that's not where the TV happened. So she clearly tried to run, I guess. Uh, but they found her dead in the closet, frozen in fear. And we get a shot of it. Yeah. And... I would say this is scarier than the kids in the car, 100%. Uh, oh, I think it's way yeah. scarier than oh, the yeah. kids in the car. Yeah, and it's really just like the jump cut to it yeah. that is scary more than the imagery. Like that jumpiness of it really scared the shit out of me. So Asakawa goes to a Photoshop and gets all the photos developed. And they're the photos from the weekend that Tomoko spent with her friends in Izu. And all of their faces are warped in one photo. Yeah. So she uses those photos to basically figure out where they were. We cut to her cooking at home, and she tells her son that she'll be late. And asks him to finish dinner. Yes, she does ask him to <laughs> finish dinner. Yeah. Have... I'm going to be yeah. late. Make sure dinner's ready when I get there, child. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I started cooking when I was like eight. Yeah, so like four years after this motherfucker yeah. did? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, cool, okay. Cool. That's fair. like, I'd love to cook, but I can't math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he says... Tomoko saw the video and she flips out. She's like, where did you hear about the video? This is some high school shit. It'd be like if you walked into the kitchen and you were like, mom, what's a hand job? And she's just like, how did you know that five-year-old? <laughs> Who do we have to murder? So he leaves for school and we get a date at the bottom, Monday, September 13th. His mom, Asakawa, drives out to Izu 
and looks around what looks like kind of a campground and finds the cabin from the photos that she developed. Yeah. And she walks inside and everything seems normal. I thought it was insane that she could just walk inside this cabin yeah. without going to talk to anybody who works there. She just walks I, in. I assume she booked it. I That's what I kind of thought too. We just don't see it because she does stay there. I thought, did she like take a nap? She does take a nap <laughs> and she does talk to the front desk as well. But not until afterwards. But not until afterwards. So I do think that she must have somehow booked it. But then she, we don't see her pick up keys. We don't see her yeah. do any of that. She just walks in like this is mine that's what i do with airbnbs around town i just go in there (laughs) and just hang out (laughs) yeah what snacks do you have what what (laughs) videotapes are in here (laughs) (laughs) so she checks the vcr and the tv because there's a vcr underneath the tv and then there's the one in the tv itself Uh, and she doesn't find any tapes so she turns on the tv and flips through the channels Nothing. She turns the TV off and it seems kind of like a dead end. But then she finds a notebook in the coffee table, which never really comes back. No. And it's so weird. It's like I am fat because my mom and dad are both fat. And then that's it. Like, why was that left in the movie? This movie is edited so tightly. It's 95 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they chose to leave that in. Maybe they needed to hit 95 minutes and they're like, oh, we can't cut the we can't cut the notebook. We needed to hit our runtime. We need she, the- laugh. <laughs> she laughs at the joke and I was like, is this a thing? Like, what is this? Well, and, and I half expected her as she flipped through the notebook to get to because like the American version has the like drawings of the ring. Yeah. That doesn't really factor into this movie. And I was expecting her as she flipped through the notebook to get to creepy drawings but then she doesn't and then she just sets it back down and i'm just like no no, no. it's it's still the creepy drawings of the rings but they added arms and legs and was like my mom and dad are fat but, <laughs> but they're just circles they're just like one circle yeah yeah the belly is the ring technically one circle it can be a ring yeah i mean i'm just, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. yeah okay fine so <laughs> she goes out to eat in a local restaurant doesn't see anything suspicious she stops in at the front desk to see if they have seen the teens that stayed there and if they left anything behind. And they do confirm that they stayed there, but that there was nothing unusual. And then she sees that there's a whole shelf of rental tapes and one of them is unmarked. They don't know what it is. They say someone must have left it. And so she rents it, I guess. She just snatches it. She does not rent it. And if I owned that place and like that tape was just there, I'd be like, I think I made to look at this before I hand it to a guest. Right, right. Because it's like unmarked. I mean, you know what might be on that tape. Yeah, a dead girl in a well, but also porn. Okay, so it's the also porn part. And I'm not saying that like I want to watch that. Ooh, I love porn. Although, you know, do what you do. I wouldn't want to hand that to a guest at a hotel that I own. Yeah, that might not. I don't know. <laughs> you remember the 90s? Not really. That's any, any VHS that had any hint of a nipple was like gold <laughs> to me. I was like, I'm going hide this. It's like back in a time when you would just go to the woods to find porn that yeah. people left in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, this is good, good tree porn. You know? <laughs> I'm just picturing of like Lord of the Rings end porn. <laughs> That's where the it wise went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> solid tree porn. All I'm saying, guys, is make a tape and leave it in the woods. <laughs> For a five year old to find. No, oh, no. I take, I take no. it back. I take it back. Mikey, you ruined it. <laughs> Much like your sex tape, Mikey, you ruined it. 
<laughs> By not calling her back the day afterwards. <laughs> you don't remember me? We made a whole tape with us dressed as trees having sex, and then you kissed yeah. me goodnight, and you never called me again. <laughs> uh, my sex tape is 127 hours. It stars just me, and then by the end, I lose an arm. <laughs> <laughs> just from overuse, though, not from it being trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how they rented out this cabin to like a bunch of 15 year olds and no one had like they were all pregnant anyway by the end of this trip. Like, <laughs> there was no adult chaperone. I, I mean, when I was as soon as I could drive, I have uh, not co-ed though. Like, you can't rent. You can't rent until you're like 24. Right. You can't rent a car until you're 25. You can't rent a car until you're 25, but you could rent a hotel, especially if your parents like call it in for you and you could okay. just show up and be like, I'm the person. Here's my card. You know? Yeah. I wasn't super shocked by the fact that it was just a bunch of kids there but i did assume one of their parents was just like sure i'll set it up and then you guys have right. a good weekend yeah yeah so she goes back to the cabin she puts the tape in and at first it's just static then we see a ring which within the context of the movie later we realize is a man looking down into a well we see a woman combing her hair then we get text on the screen which if you did not watch this with subtitles good luck but it says eruption yeah and we see strange visuals of people on or near the sea, a close-up of an eyeball with a word in it, uh, and we do get a translation for the word asada, and then we see a well in the distance, and then static. She turns the TV off, and in the reflection of the TV, there's a girl behind her, which this was a very, very creepy, yeah. you know, easy-to-do, creepy effect. I like that. I thought it was a really good scare. Yeah, it was a good scare, easy-to-do. I, I liked it a lot. She turns and the girl is gone. The phone rings and she answers it and we don't hear the other end, but we have to assume it told her one week. One week. Yes. <laughs> it's been one <laughs> week since you watched the tape. <laughs> Gonna die in a well. <laughs> I can't. I, too- we don't need to make this the parody podcast where we just come up with, how can we make The Ring also the Bare Naked Ladies song one week? Honestly, I, I would listen to that podcast if all it was was a different version of one week every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> so I'm like, what happened to us this week? Oh, yeah. I'm excited to announce our one week podcast coming out in a couple months <laughs> i like how it's coming out in a couple months <laughs> yeah yeah okay so she grabs the tape runs out of the cabin and we don't see her get home but we also know that it's nighttime so her kid has been alone literally like he made his own dinner he put himself to bed yeah he read himself a bedtime story brushed his own teeth he paid the <laughs> utility bills yes I think it's insane that she brought the tape with her. Like, if you saw something creepy like that, I would just get the fuck out of the hotel and bounce. Burn I wouldn't it. be like, oh, I have to show this to everybody. Why <laughs> would you bring it? I don't know. Well, and she ends up showing it to him, and I'm like, so he's going to die too? Does he know that that's what's up? Did he sign up for this? I don't know. <laughs> her ex-husband? Her ex-husband. Yeah, I mean, it's her ex, so. Just <laughs> yeah, she was like, hey, I need you to come watch this. <laughs> it's of your son. <laughs> so we cut to the next day her son is walking to school in the rain and he runs into her ex-husband and they just kind of stare at each other and then walk on their way and this is before you even see him introduced as that kid's father or her ex-husband so you're just like oh that's a weird nothing scene of him walking by him in the rain although they do that in the american version too do they yeah i, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that 
once they pass, he walks to her apartment. She lets him in. And as soon as he's inside the apartment, he seems to like sense something. It's our first like indication that he has psychic powers. Yeah. But then his first question is like, oh, so he's in school now? And I'm like, you didn't even know he was in school? Like, <laughs> what is you live in the same town. You haven't seen him on the subway? What's happening? <laughs> that psychic feeling he gets in that apartment is resentment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And she was like, yeah, remember you took me to Jonathan's and got me pregnant and then didn't return my calls? I dressed up like a tree for you. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> the little kid looked like he, it was clear as a little kid dressing himself. Yes. The yeah. mom had nothing to do with his outfits. Like he was wearing those like the shorts and with then the, the socks. socks that go all like, the way up. Yeah. The socks. It's like those, are, he's wearing tights. That little kid's wearing tights. <laughs> I, I interpreted that as cultural, but throughout the Me rest too. of the film, he's just in very basic clothes. And so it, it was all stuff that I'm like, yeah, he could have picked that out himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's never like, maybe it was the nineties. Maybe it was Japanese culture. Or maybe, I don't know. But like the first half of the movie i was just enjoying watching what the kid was gonna wear next I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. i think he may have been focusing on like the wrong thing but all right <laughs> <laughs> the kid also has an umbrella is prepared for the rain like he's doing all of this he's doing adult level shit himself yeah no. he's prepared for life more than i am <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> At this point, they kind of have some small talk of like, oh, what are you doing? What are you up to these days? And I'm like, ignoring your child. So she tells him the story and he basically picks up this tape and is like, so after I watch this, the phone will ring and he doesn't really believe her. And so she gives him a Polaroid camera and just says, take my picture, hurry up and take it. He takes it and then he shows her and the face in the photo is scary as hell. That Polaroid is freaky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So he puts the tape in. She walks out onto the balcony. He knocks to tell her the tape is over and the phone doesn't ring. I think the like reasoning behind why it does or doesn't ring is not great and not fleshed out yeah. well in this movie because it has to be that cabin. And I'm like, but then how does it become an urban legend where the phone call is part of it? Yeah, that never made sense to me either. Or so that was one of those things where I thought like, yeah, when I, the plot line was like yeah. streamlined and more clear, that was pretty muddled and also didn't really work as like a, a, a device for them to figure it out at the end. But Yeah, it was a little strange, um, but they don't get a phone call. He asks her to copy the tape. She does. And she also checks on who stayed at the hotel and there's no indication that anyone else who stayed at the hotel has died or has had any mishaps. Um, she does get the list of customers. She copies the tape. And we cut to a shot of, I kept calling him the professor, but her ex-husband who's sitting outside taking notes in a notebook. And he hears incredibly loud footsteps and sees a woman's feet and just says, was it you? Did you do this? And then he looks up and no one is there. And it's never fully explained, but I think this is his psychic like intuition. I think this is his first encounter with Sadako or her mother. Who knows? It's not really fleshed out great either. It's hard to understand, like, how is he getting these communications? Is it because he saw the tape? What's happening? How is he communicating with them? What information is he getting? Because as the movie goes, he seems to just have information that nobody else has. Yeah. And it's attributed to his kind of psychic abilities, but we don't really get a lot of insight into that. 
I kind of interpreted it as they were kind of being haunted after they'd seen yeah. the tape the same way like she was seeing it in the reflection mm-hmm. of the TV yeah. like and so they were getting glimpses of their past and it was like interfering with their mm. life like the movie Remember Me, it just stays with you and haunts you. Oh, forever. <laughs> movie After terrible. you watch it. You can never forget. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the ex-husband and Asakawa are looking at the copy of the tape. They also reveal at this point that there's no record of a weird broadcast, so they don't know how somebody made the tape. But they're going through the images in the tape, and he's asking her, have you ever seen this woman? And then we get a shot of Sadako, where it kind of cuts from like her mother, and then it kind of cuts away to her in the background, and then cuts back. And then she notices that from this angle, the cameraman should appear in the mirror, and he doesn't. And you could do it with special effects, but it would be very, very difficult to do. And it would have taken a whole production. So, like, someone would have to know who made this. That, to me, felt like it was the filmmaker being like, trust me, guys, it's really hard to get this shot. I did it (laughs) perfectly, but don't try it. It's very difficult. That's just, I mean, it just made me think of that scene in World's End where Edgar Wright's like, hold my beer. And it's a dead-on shot of a mirror where you can't see a camera. Yeah. And I'm just like masterful anyway i mean it's not masterful real estate photographers literally do it every day it's not hard (laughs) but not that well the the real estate photographers go to edgar wright hold my beer (laughs) (laughs) i think you're cool with your hot fuzz and shit i'm gonna baby driver the shit out of this house (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway they pause the tape to actually read the text that says eruption because you can't easily read it on a regular home TV. And at this point, his student comes home to the apartment and he introduces her to his ex-wife. And it's very, very clear that the student is living there or at least there frequently because they are sleeping together. And the student tells him the publisher wants your essay. And he says, why did they tell you? And I'm like, Oh, because they know. So it's like everyone knows he is sleeping with this student. Yeah, basically. it's probably not even an open secret. It's just like open. they're open about it. Uh, they go to an editing room where they're moving frame by frame through the tape. And this is where they find the text in the eyeball that says Sada. And then he asks her, is your son all right alone? Which again, <laughs> it's his son also. But also B, no. And she says <laughs> he's used to it. Which I think is her being like, yeah, well, if you were around, he wouldn't have to be. Because I'm certainly never going home to take care of him. (laughs) (laughs) I've got tapes to watch. How dare you? I mean, I will say it's both of their responsibilities. So don't come at me. But like someone needs to be watching that child. It's been one week since we saw our kid. Uh, He cleaned the house and he made all of his dinner Eh, you're crushing it Paige. you're crushing it. thank you so they go to the frame of the man standing by the water with his head covered and they're listening to the tape slowed down and they detect basically a phrase that's being said in the tape frolic in brine goblins be mine and they think that they recognize it as like a common saying i didn't but they did and that's what's important (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a bonkers common saying, but okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he says he'll check on it tomorrow and see if he can find out where that saying comes from. We cut to her son walks home from school alone mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he gets home and she's watching the interview that she taped with the girls in that cafe. And we get a date heading again. It's Thursday, September 16th. Yeah. The phone rings and it's her ex-husband telling her that he found where that saying comes from. And it's linked to another island close by that had an eruption from a local volcano. So she then basically says to her son, I'll be home late. Do your own dinner and leaves again. <laughs> so, and the kid's like, yeah, that's what I do every day. Mom! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so just a regular Thursday then, Mom? Thanks. Okay, cool. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. We cut to them going through old newspapers, and they find a news story, but it's from a long time ago, where it sounds like a local woman predicted the eruption. And her ex-husband's visibly uncomfortable. And she says, we only have four days left. We have to go to this island and talk to these people. And he says, why don't you stay home and stay with your son? Again, being like, it's your son. <laughs> like, yeah. also yours. So she and her son go to visit her father, grandfather. And we get a date heading that says Friday, September 17th. And they seem to have like a fun day. They go fishing. She puts him to bed. And then she calls her ex-husband. And he says... That he talked to the people from that island and the woman who predicted the eruption threw herself into the volcano. So he's going down there to talk to the people who knew her, whoever is still alive. And he says that he's going to call her back. So she turns and her father overheard her having this very strange conversation. And she just is like, hey, it's work stuff. Don't worry about it. She tucks Yuichi, her son, in. She goes to bed and then she wakes up and hears giggling. And she looks on the bed next to her and there's a dark figure on the bed, but it is not her son. She turns. Didn't someone said auntie? Well, isn't she the girl who died at the beginning's aunt? She, oh. yes. No, you're right. You're right. Nailed you're right. It. And I was having to read that subtitles this whole time. And I yes. picked up on that. Well, which <laughs> it does make sense as well later because we find out that the presence that he felt in her apartment was Tomoko. Yeah. So Tomoko is still around kind of haunting them. Um, or as her son refers to her as Tomo-chan. So she sits up and hears the static from the other room because her son is watching the tape. And she's like, why did you bring it here? Meaning that like her son packed the tape. And I was like, yeah. well, he was packing all of your shit. So like, <laughs> yeah, you made him pack all of your stuff and he assumed you needed your black market porn. So he yeah. brought it yeah. with. <laughs> he had no idea what was on it's the tape. It's not black market. It's tree porn. It's, tree <laughs> porn. <laughs> it's just called put it in the bark. <laughs> no. I'm so sorry. What is the American uh, version of these of events. Tree porn? I, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You gotta count the cock rings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tells you how old it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the American version, they felt like they liked each other. Like, oh, maybe they get back together. Well, I mean, until the end. And then you're like, oh, I guess not. And then he never called her again. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was dead. He literally ghosted her. Yeah. Well, in this one, I'm just like, why is this guy doing this? He like acts like he hates them all the time. Why would he be doing all of this? He seems to hate everything and is just like tortured by his psychic gift. I think if you could read everyone's mind, you'd probably be like that. Yeah, you'd be like, people are thinking about fucking trees all the time. Evil Dead is a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we find out that Tamachan's haunting them. Uh, we don't really address it much after that. No, we do not. But at this point, she calls her ex-husband and is just like, our kids saw it. Oh, no. Uh, and she's like, I probably should have just destroyed that tape. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 
You should have. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> I don't know why anybody does that. The cleaning lady at the fucking cabin should have destroyed it. That's true. If you just find like a random unmarked tape, I mean, you watch it. So that cleaning lady's probably dead. Oh, yeah, but she's like, toast. You know, just, just in case it's tree porn. You got to be sure, right? Right. Or honestly, it might just be bare naked ladies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you find a tape and it's not porn that's blank, you immediately use it, especially in the 90s, to record something else. Yeah, you're, you're like, like recording <laughs> Friends or some shit. Whatever was on yeah. the 90s, I have no idea. Like Homer Simpson would like be in the between the ring and the well. <laughs> Because I'm recording that episode for some reason that night. <laughs> it's like a yeah. Treehouse of Terror episode on this tape. Yeah. In between yeah. the ring. <laughs> yep. And this also is where on the phone she's like, where did the story even start? And he's like, I don't know, cultural phenomenon. Where does any story start? But then I'm like, you're about to find out where the story starts. Like, that's literally what you send him to do. <laughs> and also he's psychic. He's the perfect person to figure this out. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. He's nah. very nonchalant about the whole movie. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where I don't think he believes it until they find out more. And then he's like, well, now I believe it. And I'm like, why, though? Have you ever met someone with psychic powers who was like super skeptical, though? No, it would be refreshing. <laughs> honestly. At some point, he says, I only have four days as well. Like he, he refers to it as if he's going to die, too. Yeah, I think it's more just like, when does he start believing it's real? Because I don't think he does until he starts to find out the story behind it. I mean, or potentially when he's haunted. But I feel like their kids seeing it suddenly kind of like lights the fire under them. But yeah. not as much of a fire as like the American version. They're just kind of like, yeah, I guess we got to figure this out now. At one point, the dad is just like, I mean, maybe we all should die. What? Yeah, he <laughs> did. I mean, he did. He's just like, we shouldn't have had a kid. We don't like taking care of him. He's ironing all of our clothes. Maybe we should die. <laughs> maybe that was. Maybe he was just like, oh my god, I'm a professor having sex with one of my students. Clearly, I deserve to die, and maybe <laughs> he should come with me. So we get a date that says September 18th and they meet their guide on the shore and he tells them that there is a local family related to the woman who threw herself into the volcano and they have a hotel. So he's booked them into the hotel for the night. It's like a traditional Japanese hotel. Yes. It's like a B&B &B, bed and breakfast. Sounds like a nice yeah. getaway. I otherwise, know, It's yeah. not for the context. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't take my ex-husband, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a way to rekindle the I don't know. It's he doesn't even remember they have a child. Maybe she shouldn't be trying to get back together. So they drive past the volcano. They get to the hotel. And while they're in the car, he's kind of filling her in on the story, which we don't 100 percent know how he found it out. Like, it's one of those things where he's just like, turns out she was psychic and he was doing experiments and he was demonstrating those experiments. And you're like, when did you learn this? Yeah. I know. I was like, and why didn't he mention it earlier? Yeah. He waited for her to ask. Yes. <laughs> He's just like, she's a woman. She doesn't need to know. No, she fully needs to know, bro. Yeah. They traveled to the island to investigate it, but he didn't bother telling her all the backstory <laughs> right. until she asked. He, well, if she went to an island miles away, just because he said so, not like, hey, why are we here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. She was just like, okay, 
cool. Is this the conversation where they talk about the doctor and like the media built him up and the media yes. tore him down? And, then and I they, was like, they crucified him because of his experiments. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? is happening but also we never saw him figure it out so that's just sort of explained away by like but he's psychic so like don't worry about that i thought maybe it was from that person that he talked to from her reporter like he was like i'll talk to your okay i don't know or i also thought because he's a professor and the doctor was a professor that there's like an implication that like you've heard this story yeah so like everyone knew about this doctor i don't know professor gossip it's all the buzz around campus man no one can stop talking <laughs> about this professor yeah. and his, and his <laughs> fucking experiments. years ago yeah, yeah 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 anyway they arrive at the inn they book separate rooms he kind of follows like a psychic instinct into one of the rooms and finds the mirror from the film yeah oh yeah i was like wait why did he look in there yeah and it's it's the mirror but like then we never do anything else with it. And so he asks the people who run the inn about Shuzuoko and her daughter. Uh, and that's Sadako's mom. So the psychic mom, creepy daughter. And they're like, there was no daughter. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know what you heard, but no. And it's like, and, and he's like, yes, I agree. We don't acknowledge children. <laughs> yeah. Especially. There's also no son. I don't know if you know, yeah. but yeah, it's been one week since I thought about that kid that I'm supposed to be taking care of. And oh my God. <laughs> so they're eating dinner in their room. And she says, when I die, I want you to be with me. And then anything you learn, use it to save my son, which again, is his son. <laughs> right. Our son. Excuse you. Our son. Yeah. And then this is where he says, well, maybe we should all die. We shouldn't have had a kid in the first place. <laughs> At which point we're like, yeah. it's been his son the whole time. I know. Uh, his reasoning for not wanting to be there was... Well, no, it puts someone in a mental institution. And it's like, well, dude, you're going to die the next day anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you worried about? What do you care? Yeah. So they're having this very weird existential conversation. And the innkeeper's wife comes in and is like, hey, I've got pictures you should see. And it's of Sadako's mother and the doctor who's doing experiments. And so they go out to the beach the next morning to talk to the old man who is the innkeeper. And she's got one day, he's got two, if that makes sense. Their week is almost up. And he tells them that they should head home. There's a storm tonight. And they're like, no, 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 no. We came here for information. We're going to get it. And he said the fishermen hated her because every year they would lose fishermen to the sea. And then the ex-husband says, well, if you play in the sea, the goblins will come for you. That's where the phrase comes from. He says she could read minds that would be painful. I know because I have similar abilities myself. And we find out that the doctor came to this town because the old man called him in hopes that they would profit off of his daughter's skills. Which again, I do not know how this guy is still alive if his adult daughter threw herself into a volcano 40 years ago. He would have to be like, crazy old i mean he might be like 85 or something like that which something i mean i think culturally they do live longer because they are healthier well the other (laughs) thing i thought is is this a father or is this like an uncle or something that's not a direct that may have been younger i don't know that could be because they don't establish it as parents. I, th- I don't think anyone claims to be a parent in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes, what are those? So he grabs the old man and by touching him is able to like read his mind. And what's interesting is Asakawa touches him and then she's able to like see the vision as well. Yeah. Which is very unusual. He's able to pass the gift over to her, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, that all checks out because when I, <laughs> when I was a kid, we had an electric fence. And... Uh, 
<laughs> and we would, if you touched one friend and then touched the electric fence, you would shock that friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you'd get shocked as well. Yeah. It would travel through, but it would it'd be, it, it was worth it. Worth it for the prank. You got to commit yeah. to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that just proves the theory that hurt people hurt people, Chris. <laughs> it's been one week since I touched that fence. Shock my friends, and now they're all super dead. <laughs> it's been one week since I watched the tape. Now I think in hindsight, it was a mistake. Now I'm looking <laughs> for you in a well, thinking why am I here? You should be in hell. Three days since I left my son. I realize he's probably dead, but he was no fun. Yesterday he'd forsaken me, uh, but I'll copy the tape and skip the curse of the ring. Nailed it. <laughs> you watched me struggle, Todd. <laughs> so in the vision, they see that there's a demonstration happening and she's correctly predicting things that people are writing down without her seeing it. And they start to turn on her and they're basically like, how dare you? Like, you're faking it. You're trying to fake it. And as they start to get kind of in her face, she gets scared. And then one of the men drops dead with, with his face. the freaky O face. Yeah. Like yeah. he saw the hottest tree. <laughs> <laughs> then the mother says, Sadako, did you do that? And this is where we connect it to the video where it says Sada. So now we know there was a, a daughter and the old man says she was a monster. And this is where we get the girl with the long hair. We kind of see some flashes of her. Yeah. She killed that guy with her mind. And she attacks Asakawa from within the vision and actually leaves like bruises on her arm. Yeah. She leaves a ghostly handprint on her wrist. Right. Yeah. It's like a, a hand hickey. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh, what were you up to last night? <laughs> Holding hands with a ghost. <laughs> oh. So at this point, the old man says there's a storm coming in, and he tells them that Dr. Akuma took Sadako with him, and he would be dead, but Sadako would be in her 40s, but he doesn't think that Sadako is alive because of her powers. Yeah. They also, at this point, as they're kind of talking through what they're going to do, her ex-husband basically says that tape's not of this world. It's her rage. She's put a curse on us. And whoever watches it is basically living out that curse. He wants to try and get back to the mainland so they can get back to their son, who they've totally abandoned. Wait, they have a son? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember one. They put the food in the thing that it it, it keeps going in the bowl when he eats it. <laughs> they have an automatic yeah. cat feeder. He's good. <laughs> their son Wait, it, it, <laughs> He's got some cornflakes. It's just like one of those giant hamster water bottles strapped to the side of the counter. He's fine. He's got his oversized running wheel. He'll be fine. <laughs> they can't find a boat to take them there because the storm is too bad i, I do love this because he's like talking to like the people on the dock and he's like i need to get out of here i need to go and they're like no and then the hotel owner's like did i tell you i also own a boat i'll take you <laughs> aha <laughs> and then he like reveals that he has a death wish like he's like well she's gonna take me anyway yes yeah and as they're figuring this out she's trying to find out more information about them and where they went and she realizes they must have gone to the place where she originally found the tape if the tape is not man-made it must be tied to where she is uh i guess that's what this movie theorizes so that's where they decide to go they get in the boat with the man who has a death wish and this is where they address why like the phone didn't ring at his house it only rang at the cabin so it must be connected to that cabin yeah, that was such a weird moment because the whole time I just assumed that because the ex 
husband didn't like believe in it at the beginning he just didn't tell her about the the phone right. call because he didn't want to scare so it's because it wasn't on screen right we were just taking his word for yeah. it right and so until that moment i just assumed that there had been a phone call i think it makes more sense if there is one because it doesn't necessarily impact the story at all like she's there that's where the tape is we don't need another thing connecting them necessarily yeah and, and in the american version they don't go back to the original place where the kid died right they, they have to go back to the well i think it's at the farmhouse where they live they right. have like so it's just it makes sense because it's like the still the same location that right. the family lived at yes yeah, so the difference is in the american version when they go to the place where the family lives that's where the well is. Yeah. In this version, the original version, I should say, they go to where the doctor took Sadako. Yeah. To after the mom threw herself in the well. Right. Not the well, the volcano. <laughs> right. Which is where the well was. Which is where the well was. Yeah. The one note that we get from the old man on the boat as they're making their way there is that the mom used to talk to the sea, but it wasn't a human language. So this is where we start to get some of the like, she's a sea demon thing. Yeah, it was mostly gurgles because she was talking underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get the date card that says Monday, September 20th. They stop at a store to get shovels and buckets. She calls her son, who she suddenly remembers she has, and who allegedly has been with grandpa this whole time. Although we didn't see her take him there or anything. We have to assume that she's kind of left him there when he watched the tape. I don't know. I figured that was like a reshoot when they like, the movie. They're like, um, oh, he was with grandpa. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Turns out he's been in the well the whole time. What? I don't know. <laughs> but she says that she's sorry and she'll hurry home, that she just has something that she needs to do. Say hello to grandpa for me. And she doesn't say hi to her father. She just talks to the kid. They get in the car. He asks what her timeline is. And we know that it's a few minutes past seven. So they drive back to the campground. They get to that cabin and he can like, feel it and mm. they break into the crawl space under the cabin where they find the well and it has been sealed so he feels the top of the well with his psychic powers and he kind of gets a vision of her leaning over the well and then we get the worst sound effect ever <laughs> of a oh, fake yeah. punch as she falls into the well <laughs> so they push the lid off the well and they can hear what sounds like multiple people down there but there's nobody down there, technically. He offers to go down. He climbs into the well. It's fully gross, but we see her fingernails yeah. on the sides of the well because she tried to climb out. Which is pretty well done. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. pretty visceral, oh. uh, gross, but also creepy and scary. Yeah. Right. That's something I remembered from the American version, too. It's very well done. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're welcome, Mikey. <laughs> They lower the buckets and they start literally like bucket train, like what's the word I want to use? Like assembly, assembly lining. Yeah. You want to say assembly line, but no, it's not that they have it's two a bucket buckets. Train. I, well, it's not even a bucket train. They have two buckets, but they only can do one at a time. There's only one person in the well, one what? person out of the yeah. well. They can't do more than one at a time. The second yeah. bucket it's is so, superfluous. It's so that he can fill the other bucket while she pulls the other one up. Which takes her forever because it's super heavy and she's very small. She's not going to double fist the buckets. Like, she can only do one at a time. I think we understand with this scene why they divorced <laughs> because he wouldn't put the lotion on his skin because <laughs> yeah. he's like sitting down there nagging her about pulling the buckets yeah. up faster come on <laughs> so she collapses understandably and and also there's a ton of water in there and these are like 
sandcastle buckets. Like this is <laughs> yeah. too. This is taking too long. The seven days is done. They were never going to be able to do it in the time frame. Never. Right? What also drove me crazy is she's pouring the water just on the ground around her, which feeds back into that goddamn well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, yes. like, it's, it's a well. I don't know why they're trying to like bucket their way out of it because isn't it connected to like a spring? So it's yeah. just yeah. like yeah, like keep refilling. That's what I was wondering too. It's like maybe I don't understand how well works, but <laughs> yeah, but like the the water level does go down. Like when he goes down in there first, it's like chest level, and then when he comes out, it's like waist level. Yeah, yeah. Paige, I realize that's what happens in the movie, but that is not what would happen. In no, real life. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I think he was just kneeling down to make her feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other thing too is I'm like, okay, if he can stand on the bottom of this well, it's like the size of a kiddie pool. We're in like four feet of water. He can't find another full human skeleton in that, like, just by stretching his arms out. Where's it going to be? Well, yeah. the, the skeleton has to come hug you first in a well. Uh, yeah. So you have to bring her in now. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. A skeleton only reveals itself, Paige, when it feels safe. Yeah. Like, I know I found <laughs> pennies at the bottom of a pool, you know, like when I was a yeah. kid. I could find a skeleton. I would hope so, Chris. <laughs> yeah, put put me in, coach. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> so they do switch places, and she goes down into the well and recognizes the view from the tape and has kind of like a mini vision from Sadako's point of view. Well, first she's like, okay, you're going to pull the bucket up? He's like, no, I think we're good now that I'm out. You can just dive <laughs> down and look. <laughs> well, he should have done the whole time and just kind of gets low and puts her arms out and immediately finds the body. Like she grabs a handful of Sadako's hair. The hands rise out of the water and grab her wrists and she does not react, which is crazy. But that scared yes. me. That really yeah. scared me. I was creeped mm. out through this whole scene. Yeah. And then she finds the body. All of the hair and skin falls off and it oozes green goo and then she hugs it yeah she's like oh come here with your snotty eye sockets yeah which is more affection than she shows her own son (laughs) she never hugs her son she hugs this skeleton for low-key like three minutes but it it was a good like visceral like creepy face melt you know it's i want i was like wait for indiana jones like marion close your eyes (laughs) it belongs in a museum yeah (laughs) Yeah, the green gack falling out of the eye sockets. I was just like, yeah, must have died with a head cold. (laughs) It looks like she died right after the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. (laughs) 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 So they climb out of the well. It's past the time when she would have died. It's past 710. So they're saved. They call the authorities to retrieve the body. Yeah. And then they're just kind of talking like, why did he kill his own daughter? Maybe it wasn't his. Maybe her father wasn't human. And we realize that the hand hickeys are gone. Yeah. So they think it's over. He says, I'll take you home. She turns back to look at the crime scene and then he takes her back to the apartment. By the way, her son's still with the grandfather. She has not picked him up. She just went home. It was just like, I'll figure that out later. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> what did they tell those ki- the, the cops? It did very much glance over all that because they're just sitting with a blanket. They're like, I guess we'll go now. These people don't seem to need us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you would need to spend 20 minutes explaining the whole story of why you were there digging up a body. 20 minutes? I would... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the cops would have arrested them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, you had a vision, and, and what was this about a little, uh, you, you drew out some island, there was a psychic, yeah, okay, come with me. <laughs> yeah. And we see that you booked this uh, hotel, what, like about a week ago? Uh-huh. <laughs> Were you scoping out the joint? Casing yeah. this well? Oh my God, yeah, she buried that body a week ago, <laughs> yeah. and now they're digging it out. She is going to jail forever. Yeah. You need that detective being like, if you match this up with these child protective services open cases on her son, I think we've got a pattern here. <laughs> it's been her daughter the whole time. She was just like, she yeah. was cooking for herself. It's their first fine. child. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, we, we booked that cabin and left her there. <laughs> it's just, it's just the original version of Home Alone and the American version is way happier. <laughs> well, this took a dark turn. <laughs> she goes home. She sits on her bed and watches the sun rise on the eighth day, knowing that she is safe. And we cut to her ex-husband's apartment where he's working on his article and he turns and looks at the chalkboard and corrects the mark that his student made. As he does that, Asakawa walks onto her balcony and we get a date heading Tuesday, September 21st. And her ex-husband, back in his apartment, hears a squeaking, screeching noise. The tape is back on. Yes, because he's single, and if you like it and you want it, put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel personally attacked, Mikey. <laughs> so he watches as the tape continues past where they've seen it end before, and Sadako climbs out of the well and walks towards the screen. And he's just screaming like, why? Like, we found your body. What are you doing? It drove me insane that he's tripping over everything in his apartment. Like, he put everything there. He lives here. And he has no idea how to navigate his apartment. And that's a personal attack. A personal <laughs> attack. <laughs> Do you not know where your own furniture is, Mikey? Yeah, I fall over stuff all the time. <laughs> what are you, Dick Van Dyke? Like, why would you fall over shit in your apartment? Because I'm clumsy. Are you every final girl in a slasher in the last 10 minutes? Just like, yeah. So as he's tripping over all of his own furniture, Sadako climbs out of the TV and crawls across the floor toward him. All of her fingernails are missing from climbing out of the Which, well. I thought that was very creepy and well done. It yeah. is. The, yeah. the fingernail effects. Oof. And I thought the body movements, super yeah. creepy. Yeah. This is the scariest part of the movie, and this holds yeah. up. It is scary. Yeah. The way they do that, though, is they like speed up the frame rate occasionally on her, so she moves in a very like mechanical way almost. It's very well done. I actually have notes on how they did it. Oh, no shit. Because oh. they, they did a couple different things to make her look creepy and unnerving. Oh, nice. But she stands. He backs away. She advances on him. He crawls towards the door. And then we get a close-up shot of her eyes. And he dies with his face contorted in terror. Yeah. On the other end of the phone line, because he did pick up the phone, Asakawa hears it goes down. Hears it go dead. She runs to his house. The police are already there. And his student was the one who found the body. And she asks the student, did he tell you about the video? And the student just says, his face, his face. Basically, like, that's all she can. Like, it looked so hilarious. <laughs> She's like, I've seen this face many times. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's on top. But this time. Um, so... 
Asakawa walks into the apartment and she's trying to figure out, like, didn't we lift the curse? Why was I saved and why wasn't he saved? And if he's not saved, then my son's not safe. And I just remembered that he exists. So she takes the tape out. She goes home to her apartment and collapses into her chair defeated. And she's still trying to figure it out. And she sees a reflection in the TV, which very creepy. I love it when it's they do it. so creepy, yeah. And it's the man from the video in the sea pointing towards her bag. She looks at the tape and realizes that she copied the tape and showed it to him, and that's what lifted the curse. I thought it was her ex-husband I thought it was, too. Bag. Yeah. And I was like, even in death, he's telling her what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> even in death, he's like, come on, like, Come on. Go do this. Do do this. How do you not know? It's like, so obvious, except it's not. We didn't establish this at all. Yeah, I just know everything. Yep. And someone get this napkin off my head. <laughs> she drives out to her dad's house to pick up her son and calls them on the way. And basically, she's telling them, like, you have to copy it and show it to someone else the same week. So it literally never ends. It spreads like a virus. And we have to infer that that's how she saves her son. But we get the final title card for dates that says Wednesday, September 22nd. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. Was it inferred that she was going to make the grandpa watch it? Yes. And then he was going to have to copy it for somebody else. Or she was just going to let grandpa die. That's what I thought. Where I was like, <laughs> she's going to show, have the kid copy it and then show it to the grandfather and then just let the grandfather die and let that be the end of it. But then as she talks about it, she's like, it literally never ends. It's like, and, she, and so I'm yeah. like, so she's just going to keep it going forever? I got the impression that she was just like, you know, he doesn't really need a babysitter anymore, so we don't need granddad. Yeah. So it'll be fine. Yeah. Honestly, if like if her dad had some terminal disease and was gonna die in you know a year anyway, and she seven days. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if the ring two started out with her like, hey dad, I know you're gonna die in like six months anyway of cancer. Do you mind dying in a week instead to save your grandson? And he's just like, cool. That's the end of the ring because they destroy yeah. both the tapes. He dies. And that's it. I want to see her like experiment, like show the grandpa the tape, then murder the grandpa day three before the girl from the ring murders. Oh, her. and she shows happens? up and she's like, what, 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 what do I do? She's like, what? loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, I, I thought it was pretty. Good. It was really creative. And I, I mean, I, I think the ring is a very scary concept. Yeah, I honestly think this is an amazing foundation for what the American version became. And I do prefer the American version just, I think, solely because they had more of a budget and they could dedicate more resources to it. But I do think it's a great movie. I hated the scary parts, but it's well done. It's very well done. Yeah, I think premise-wise, it's it's amazing. And I do yeah. think the last 12 minutes of this movie are yeah. super scary. Yeah, I think... Premise great and probably for execution at the time it was great, but I, I do think America was just scarier and they they cleared up so many things that were expository in this version mm -hmm. or didn't quite make sense in this. It just cleaned up the narrative where it was cleaner and like you understood exactly what happened. It made more sense. I do think, and, and this also might be because I saw it way earlier, and I'm also American, so I'm biased that you know like you're I can American. <laughs> I thought you were Japanese. Like, That's the whole reason we did this. <laughs> Not my America. I do think the American version is scarier. I think that yeah. you might be onto something, though. We might just be a little biased because we are all American, and that's the first version we saw. 
Yeah. So in, yeah. in our minds, we know it's not the original, but it's the yeah. first one we saw. And I saw it as a kid, too. So yeah. it was even scarier then. So absolutely. I don't know. I will say this, though. American version versus the Japanese version. Japanese version has 100% less horse death. Yeah. Like, that is <laughs> true. That horse dies for no reason in that American version. <laughs> so, Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Nice. Hit us with your fun facts. Yeah. (laughs) So Ringu, this movie and subsequent versions, uh, is based on a book of the same name by Koji Suzuki. Okay. Suzuki actually wrote sequels. So there are multiple sequels to the Ring. Really? Yeah. The first book is Ring. It was written in 1991. The second is Spiral, written in 1995. The third is Loop in 1998. Birthday came out the very next year in 1999, <laughs> and his final one was S in 2012. And reportedly, the last novel features the video being uploaded to the internet and the curse traveling via cloud computing. Ooh. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. now it's Goatsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's Lemon Party. You got to see it. Pass it to friends. He also wrote Dark Water. He's considered like Japanese Stephen King. Because he's okay. responsible for a lot of their like horror stories that go on to be movies. And this actually isn't even the original Ringu. Because there was actually a TV movie first, about three years before, called Ringu Kazanban, which means Ringu the Complete Edition. So it's kind of like how there's the Shining TV series. Yeah. They have that for the ring as well. Okay. Yeah. The most famous one, though, is the one from 1998, which we watched. Um, which then becomes the basis for the American film. The American film is based more on the movie than the novel itself. Now, fun thing about the Japanese version, it was actually released in tandem with an adaptation of the sequel in a ploy to try and generate more revenue. So it was like Ring 1, Ring 2 at the same time, but the sequel was made by a different director, and it's often referred to as the forgotten sequel, and it bombed. Oh, wow. Because no one saw it. They all saw Ringu, and they even went on to remake other sequels, and all of the events in this forgotten sequel are ignored by the later films. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it that bad? I don't know. I think it just happened at, like, wrong place, wrong time. Different director, different vision, and it just kind of, it just didn't do well because they got released at the same time. Wow. And... One year after this comes out in Japan, they actually make another version of it in South Korea as the ring virus, all before the American version actually gets made. Really? Yes. That's crazy. They also continued the Japanese ring franchise in Japan for years after, and a lot of them never make it to the U.S., they never get remade. The most recent one is called Sadako 3D, but it was... Not as well received, even though when it was released, they did a huge viral marketing campaign. So there were just like hundreds of Sadakos walking around in Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. No. I don't like that at all. Yeah. They had like a giant Sadako on like a Pope mobile car that they drove around <laughs> the capital. <laughs> what? They even had Sadako throw out the first pitch at a baseball game. Oh, I did see that video. <laughs> and it's on video, too. You can watch it. At the time, and I believe still currently, Ringu is the highest grossing horror film ever in Japan. Wow. Yeah. And when it was released on VHS in England in 2001, because it takes time for things to get released other places, the back of the VHS box was actually labeled with a disclaimer that said that the distributor was not responsible for any injuries or fatalities that may occur 
during or after the viewing of this video cassette. That's so cool. It's kind of Blair Witchy a little bit. Yeah. That's great. I, I love it. I love it when people do that. Sadako probably seems like a new concept or premise to most Westerners, but she mirrors a lot of common Japanese ghost stories where she is a vengeful spirit. And they're often represented in a white burial kimono, usually with white face paint and unkempt long dark hair. Hmm. They are usually depicted as women, uh, often returning from the dead to exact vengeance on those who have wronged them in life. And so in the film, she's actually played by a kabuki actress, like an actual traditional kabuki theater actress named Ri Inu. Wow. And to achieve those jerky movements, they actually shot the entire sequence in reverse and uh, then played with the speed of the film. Yeah, that makes giving sense. Giving her the kind of freaky walk. Yeah. And the shot of her eye at the end of the film was actually not the actress's eye, but a male crew member because he could roll his eye back the way that they needed for that shot. But this brings us to our most interesting fun fact. Did you know that The Ring is based on a true story? What? what? No, I don't like that. <laughs> so in 1910, when spiritualism took hold in Japan, a man named Tomokichi Fukurai, who was an assistant professor of psychology at Tokyo University, began experimenting with parapsychology using a woman named Chizuko Mifune and a couple others as subjects. And he published his results of the experiments that he was doing and alleged that Ikuko Nagao, one of his subjects, was capable of telepathically imprinting images on photo plates and film, which he called Nensha. But when journalists found irregularities in their results, they mm. attacked their credibility and there was speculation that her later illness and death was actually caused from the stress of being discredited. But that didn't stop him from publishing a book called Clairvoyance and Thoughtography three years later. But the book ultimately didn't do well. It was criticized because it didn't really have any sort of real science in it. And he was forced- And it was killing people. And it was killing people. So like Dianetics? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, he was forced to resign from the university in 1913. So the story of the professor in the movie is based on this actual guy. Oh, okay. And those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some box office, which I don't have a lot on. But what do you guys think the budget was for this movie? Remember, it came out mid nineties. I think this is pretty low, especially because it's it's foreign. There's not a lot of special effects in it. It's almost all practical effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls. That you don't hear the other side of. And those are the cheapest kind of phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just pick up a green Fisher-Price phone and talk into it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? It does look like yeah, a Fisher-Price like, phone. It, that's not a real phone. Yeah, the, oh, the green one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had that as a kid. <laughs> she was like, what do we do? And it goes, the cow says, Yeah. <laughs> Seven, as in seven days in a week. (laughs) So, yeah, what was the budget, you think? I think this is under a million, I think. Okay, what do you guys think? I was going to say around a million. All right. I'm going to say I'm going to say three. All right. It's one point two million dollars or thereabouts. It's probably not exactly that, but right around there. Uh, The entire production took nine months and one week. And wow. uh, only five huh. weeks of that was shooting. The rest was pre and post production. Post production wow. on this movie took about four months, which is actually pretty quick. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah uh, an entire production taking nine months is pretty fast. I don't know 
Yeah. What it's like over there. I know here it's very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was released on January 31st, 1998, and the film went on to earn 1 billion yen, oh, which okay. is a lot less than dollars. In yes. fact, one, 1 yen is like a penny, Yes, but still 1, bi- 1 billion yen is a lot. It went on to make 1.7 billion yen. It's like $16 million. Which in 98 for a Japanese movie is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was a cultural phenomenon. It did very well. Just to compare and contrast to the U.S. version, the U.S. version had a $48 million budget. Jeez. So it was 48 <laughs> times more of the budget, which I think that shows on screen. Yeah. yeah. Well, those horses aren't going to jump themselves off the, <laughs> the boats. It went on to make $129 million in the U.S. and then another $119 million internationally for a total of $248 million. So it made a lot of money as well. So that's your box office. Let's do Scary Scale, Mikey. All right, Scary Scale, everyone, is a scale 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film when we watched it this time. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll start with the page. I think I'm going to give this a 2, and it's largely for that last 12 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Chris? Yeah, it's like a 2 or 3, mm-hmm. 2. I- I'm with you. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4 because it was very scary, and atmospherically it builds very well. And I was very uncomfortable a lot, mm-hmm. but it's not super scary. I do think the American version is way scarier. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it a one because I wasn't super scared. Mm. <laughs> and you're dead inside. You're Ghostbuster scared? <laughs> yeah, I'm Ghostbuster scared. I was like, <laughs> this is Bill Murray scared. They <laughs> 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 got some eggs cracking on the counter scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of being scared, and that scared never came. And then, like, then she hugged that skeleton, and I was like, okay, this is Ghostbusters. (laughs) And then Mikey was like, Sonico makes me feel good. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's your scary scale, right, Mikey? That's right. All right. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining us here on The Horror Virgin today. Where can people find more from you? Well, uh, they could listen, if they like horror stuff and Paige, they could listen to uh, Good Morning from Hell, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, or uh, if they like uh, plane crashes and more true crime stuff, then they can listen to Black Box Down, which is a podcast where uh, me and a friend, uh, or most mostly my friend, breaks down uh, plane crashes and uh, how they happened, why they happened, and what was done to change them, and I ask uh, all the questions because I know nothing about how planes work. It's super fascinating. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like you wouldn't think it would be as addicting as it is, but we watched like we listened to like five or six episodes in a row the last time my husband and I had to go on a long drive, and then we're like, thank God we don't have to fly for a while because of pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so where can they find you on social meds? Uh, just at Chris Damaris, C H R I S D E M. A-R-A-I-S. Uh, I'm on mo- there pretty much everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank so you for fun. having me. Yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch Ringu, and I hate you both for making me do that. <laughs> what are you guys making me watch next week? We're not making you watch it. The oh, listeners right. are making yeah. you watch it. They have chosen the movie Oculus. Ooh, I've never seen it. I have never seen it either. This is a first for all three of us. Oh. 
I wish we could watch it together for the first time. I know. Time. Oh. I know. I'm I'm scared and excited at the same time because I think this one might actually get me. Yeah, I think this is going to be very, very scary. Everyone says it's very, very scary and there's a redhead in it. It's Karen Jillian. I, I am excited. It's it's going to be great. <laughs> all right. So, guys, your homework next week is to watch Oculus because you all made us watch it. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Soon. Well, while you're while you're looking up a review, let me tell them how they're going to have their review read right on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and that way Mikey will read it on said podcast. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? Take your time. <laughs> We're getting weird-ass reviews. Okay, I've just scrolled through three reviews, which is basically like really specific personal stories, and it's so bizarre. Do you want to read one of them? Just because that's like what we're doing right <laughs> i'm gonna read dj <laughs> charles groden nice he wants me to read it in a skeleton or a surfer dude i don't know what a skeleton <laughs> i was hoping you'd pick skeleton i just don't know what that would sound like okay i'll do skeleton it'll probably sound better. italian because that's where they normally go <laughs> it's a me a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> and then people are gonna send us more messages about how you're evil to italians yep that was a review that was a one-star review. Yes, we got a one-star review saying Mikey was racist t- towards Italians. Uh, it was Which... me. It's a me, the reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sorry. Okay, I'll do a skeleton, which I guess will just be like, like in between. Yeah, I'll just read this because <laughs> my voice hurts. Great. I'm sorry, I'm sorry DJ Tom, Charles. Seeing signs in theaters when I was eight years old was one of the scariest times in my life. Oh, I'm sure it was. Not only did the movie make me cry out of fear, but when it was over, my my dad was unusually quiet on the ride home. Oh, no. He didn't even slow down driving past our house. Um, dad, you missed the house. I don't like this. Silence from the pastor familias. I don't like the where this is going. 45 minutes later, I was convinced my dad was an alien in the whole time. <laughs> the whole time and was taking me to his spaceship because he knew. Then we pulled into the smallest church in the 48 states and he's dad again. He's like, isn't this cool? I just wanted to show you guys this. It was me and my brother. Nightmares for years. I'm still not sure my dad isn't an alien. Dang. Um, your dad is 100% an alien. Thank you for telling us. Or a us. serial killer. Like, that is an insane thing oh, to do. Where is he? I've got a jug of water with his name on it. Let's do this. <laughs> and he also says, also, Michael Showwater plays Lionel Pritchard in the recruitment office. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, he does. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do love Michael Showalter. So, I mean, I have a similar story. When I saw signs in theaters, my brother drove. And when we drove back, I wouldn't let him drive on the side of the interstate that was closest to the trees. <laughs> okay. That's a story he reminded me after that episode came out. Is it because you That's were sexually funny. attracted to the trees and you didn't no. really know how to put this no. into? No. It, you found a VHS tape with tree porn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. You wanted free porn and now you've got tree Tree porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well guys if you want to have your review on the podcast leave us a five-star review with some other family secrets that we can divulge mm. so guys if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies check out romancing the pod where mikey page and i break down and make fun of romantic movies it's a lot of fun guys check it out if you want to follow us on social please do we are at horror virgin or online at horrorvirgin.com. if you want to follow us all individually you can do that as well page is at page wesley 
on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff, like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things, like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. Or his OnlyFans, which really should just be called Only Feet <laughs> because that's what you get. But guys... <laughs> <laughs> but it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front-facing <laughs> camera button. So it's always just a picture of his feet. Anyway, guys, if you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. We're closing in on 1,600 members. It's amazing. You guys are awesome. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. Box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? He rented a cabin. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. That's it. And, That's the end they of the had fun great, they had a they had a great weekend there. Yeah, it was great. There was no dead girl in a well underneath it or anything. They just went hiking. That's great. I'm, Honestly, that sounds it. that sounds like a lot better than you know it going the other way. So I'm glad they had a good time. <laughs> well, Nick B, next time you uh, take some time at a cabin, feel free to invite your favorite podcast and then yeah. us as well. I don't think last podcast on the left has time for that. <laughs> but like, if oh. you want to invite us to come, <laughs> sure. Make time for your third favorite project. <laughs> <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori. And Ori's the best. Ori and I broke into a cabin and um, we asked technically the crawl space under the cabin. And um, I made them lower me down into the, um, you know, the well more or less that was underneath there yeah Yeah, you know like Uh you do and uh they lifted out all of the water out of the multiple buckets of water they never took a break they just crushed it and then they went down there and got the skeleton out because i was just too afraid that sounds like you yeah that checks out this episode also brought to you by awesome possum blossom and awesome possum blossom wants us to give you some awesome possum facts so here's one for you their reproductive systems are complicated that's it. That's that's the fact. No Full details. Stop. <laughs> Full stop. I like that a lot. <laughs> the way it gives birth and raises its young isn't the only thing that's interesting about possums' reproductive life. Females have two vaginal tracts and two uteri. I wish I had read this first. <laughs> and males, in turn, have a forked or bifurcated penis. This is fairly (laughs) typical for marsupials, but when European colonizers first landed in North America centuries ago, they didn't know what to make of the confusing genitalia. Why was that on their mind at all? One explanation they came up with was that the male possums impregnated females through the nose. Oh my God, Europeans are idiots. (laughs) (laughs) I clearly did not proofread that, and I apologize for it. No, no, it was great. It was the best possum (laughs) fact ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you're looking for something to feed your possum or just have other bug needs, check out Bug Cage Company on Facebook, which is Brandon's bug business, and they can get you any centipede, millipede, any other apede, spider, scorpion, any of those types of bugs that you want shipped directly to you. They can drop ship you some bugs. So get on it. Go check out Bug Cage Company on Facebook. This episode's also brought to you by Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast on the show Jessica Jones. It's called Kissing Jessica Jones, where once a week they break down an episode. And I'd assume talk about in what scenes they would kiss Jessica Jones. Which is all of them. Right? I think it would be every scene. It is Kristen mm-hmm. Ritter. Obviously with her consent. Yes. Yeah, clearly. So guys, check out that great podcast. We now return you to another sexy episode of Oh, The, the Patreonicals. Okay, you guys want to hear about the road tripping bad people or the people going up north good people? Well, everyone's going up north. There's ones on the west coast, ones on the east coast. So, yeah. They're going down Route 66 out west. They stopped at that diner last week. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Do that one. All right, so they're on the road trip. They're showing Karun America because he's an alien from outer space. Yeah. Why not show him a country in the world? It's the best road trip, though. Yes, definitely. I don't know. I've heard that Iceland is a really cool road trip and you can do it in like a day or two. I hear it's real nice land. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they see all the, the <laughs> big, big dinosaurs and they're like, oh, we got to stop doing this. It's a road trip thing. You mean the okay. ones in Cabazon from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. So they stop at this dinosaur place. Um, Isaac has been eating people again. So he's regained his superhuman strength and nice. he kills some more zombies. Okay. Okay. Um, Dave walks up to like the ticket booth, like also area where they do... Um, souvenirs and then a guy <laughs> pops up and shoots dave oh in the shit. face okay and dave dies like he just his head gets blown off yeah okay and they're like oh my god dude and then the guy was like oh my gosh i thought you were a zombie i my name is scott <laughs> okay and right. i am just a guy and i own well i mean i worked at this dinosaur place and I haven't seen anybody in a while, and I've kind of like made it my little apocalyptic home. It's really great to meet you. Why don't you come on in? And they're like, oh, this is a Karun. He's a blue alien from outer space, and he we want to show him the cool dinosaurs. And he's like, oh, come on in. And they have a really good time. Um, evil Matthew like climbs all the way to the top of the Brontosaurus with Karun. Nice. And um, he's like, Karun, like, this is what Earth is like really like. And Karun's like, I hate it here so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Scott went up there with him and like gave him a dinosaur stuffed animal. And uh, evil Matthew was like, hey, are you tired of living in this dinosaur place? You want to come with us? We're going to, we're headed out west. And we're like, you know, it's the end of the world. We're just having fun. We're just going to have fun now. And he's like, sure. So they all get in their, their big car. Yeah. And uh, Scott, they introduce each other. And Scott's like, oh, welcome aboard. And they, they just keep heading west. Oh, awesome! But they took a picture. They took a like a big, thing, you know, a tourist picture, and they they put they put in the car. It's really cute. One of the zombies like drew them all as caricatures with Dave dead next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, it They just put his body on the trunk, and he grows back in the trunk. It's like a whole thing they do. It's like a real, you know, inside <laughs> joke. They Ooh. call the trunk his coffin. It's a whole thing. <laughs> right. It's whatever. So cut back. Uh, this week, Tristam is now Optimus Prime. Like, he's transformed into a whole big, big rig where the other people are traveling he's on. He's Troptimus Prime. Yeah. And they make Roll it. Roll out. To uh, Niagara Falls, Kate's regained consciousness, but she's feeling like, she's like, my psychic powers are draining. I don't know what's going on. And uh, 
Eddie's picked up a lot of cats because he's going through like kind of a sad, lonely phase. <laughs> okay. And so he's picked up a lot of cats, and the cats are like, you know, this world sucks. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I like, you know, I'm just kind of lonely too. Some people just like, like cats, okay? Like, yeah. it doesn't always have to be a sad, lonely oh, phase. Yeah. People who have less than two cats. Wow. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> are in the realm of. Of people who like cats. People who have more than two cats. What about five? Is there like a five cat exemption to this rule? Five is like way past the exemption spot. That's like most of the way to a sled team. Yeah. <laughs> a cat sled team is very slow. Yeah, it wouldn't go anywhere. They just lay on the ground until you drag them. So really, you're the sled team. Yeah, you're their sled team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Sasha was like, I've analyzed the situation. And I think on the other side of the waterfall is a base or whatever, because I've analyzed the data. So they, they get Tristam to transform into one of those tugboats that goes out into Niagara Falls. <laughs> and... Um, they're all on it, and they go underneath the waterfall, and Amy, uh, she climbs up, and she's beat back real quick, and it's it's Macy, the, the evil dog is right there. And wow. Like, and Eddie sends all of the cats to attack the dog. Macy kills all the cats, and it's really bad. Oh, my uh, God. Mikey. Well, it's not, you know, it happens. No, it doesn't. And, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's okay. They have eight more lives. They just... <laughs> <laughs> Paige, they all went to a farm upstate. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Tristan is like tugboating out. He's like toot toot. And then he's trying to run. Uh, Amy, the astronaut, has wired right. up a cannon. Like a t-shirt with, cannon? Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. With a t-shirt, fires it, gets into Macy's eye. She falls into the water. Plus, she's got a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> they climb into the cave. But what you see is that she's doggy paddling down the river. She's getting taken down the river. Uh, but they survive to go check out what's in the cave, and we'll find out what's in the cave next week. Oh, wow. Ooh, the cave of wonders. Will Karoon ever find anything on Earth that he actually enjoys? Is anyone else offended that Mikey thinks owning a cat makes you sad? And will Macy's reign of terror ever end? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patrionicals. And as always, Chris would like you to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you are a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. So thanks, Chris, for reminding us of that every week. That's going to be it for us, you guys, this week. I'm Paige. Now, Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Nerds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>